Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Case File 15 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This episode is not for the faint-hearted, as we listen to the terrifying and gory tale of a village that encountered and was ultimately overrun by the living dead. I phoned up Colonel Milk, a former member of the British Armed Forces, now working as a milkman in a village in rural Bedfordshire. The Colonel has enjoyed an idyllic 10 years in the village, but that all changed a few months ago when reanimated corpses started appearing in and around the community. These mindless zombies eventually took over the town, transforming otherwise pleasant residents into unthinking monsters determined to feast on brains. But the recording starts with me asking the Colonel how the problems all started. Uh, well, a, a family, uh, you know, a 2.4, moved in to uh, Westbourne Road, uh, which on my route is you turn left, right, and uh, left again for about a yep. mile. Now, they live at the end of that road, and it's a cul-de-sac, so I always like to... I have to spin around there on the milk float, and that can take, depending on battery power, 10 to 20 minutes to do the full 180 to go back down the road. Now, uh, I dropped off. They just moved in, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go down there, and when you move in somewhere, you need milk and bread just to settle down. So I left a two-pint of semi-skimmed and a seeded loaf on the map there and a little note just saying I'm your local milkman if you need anything give me a bell um, the guy opened the door and uh, he had a shotgun and he uh, flattened one of my tyres he just completely right. uh, ripped it just completely bang shot the back tyres off but he was he was a human at, at that time he wasn't uh, yeah, I don't, was a don't, human. Use, don't use the word zombie but he was he seemed pretty he was Mentus, this fella. Uh, he had eyes, uh, he had a nose, and, well, he was a great shot. I'll give him that. So anyway, I said to him, I went, um, look, pal, uh, that's really annoyed me, actually. I don't know who you are, but you've just completely flattened the tires of my milk float. And he said, uh, I'm very sorry about that, pal. Do you want to come in and uh, maybe we can uh, patch it up over a cup of tea? So I went in and, uh, well, his son was running around, about uh, 10 years old, this fella. And this guy didn't have eyes. This guy... This guy was an absolute mess. I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you that. He, uh, he was green and um, he was in a cage. And when you say cage, you mean like what? A, like an actual cage or sort of like a baby sort of crib? Yeah, like a, like a, you know, a bird cage. Yeah. A bit like that. So he had a thing, outside, like a water thing, like a hamster has. So imagine a bird cage, but with hamster apparatus. So yeah. um, he had like a, uh, one of those circles that he was running around in. Um, and he had a, like a little house full of straw. Right. Um, and, you know, I looked at him. So I, I thought, what would be nice if, if, if I left him a bottle of milk outside of the birdcage? I got too close. 
my arm, you know, it would have been seconds before that guy had ripped me apart. He was he was insane, this fella. The the hamster sort of water feeding that. Was that water or blood? How are they feeding this this zombie child? Well, you keep using the word zombie. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've never heard of zombies. I just want you to know that this kid was running backwards on his uh, hamster wheel and he was drinking a red fluid. How was the mum taking all this? The mum was in another cage in the garden. Right, so she'd also become... Again, I don't, as you say, you're not familiar with this term zombie, but she was also green and physically quite aggressive. She was in a uh, hamster cage with bird apparatus, so the opposite right. of the sun. So she was, uh, you know, on a um, perch... And uh, she was going absolutely insane. So the the son sadly a zombie, the mother sadly a zombie. I think you mentioned they had one other child. Were they physically fine? Uh, yeah, there was one other child. Uh, he was absolutely fine. He was making an omelette, and he was a fantastic chef, actually. I went over to him, and I said, uh, how old are you? And he said, about 15. I went, you've got a knack for making omelettes. He said, uh, yeah, I want to be a chef one day. So I thought, oh, good on you, pal. What a baffling conversation to be had <laughs> four or five feet away from a child in a hamster cage going absolutely mental. Well, yes, I mean, the noise. I can't tell you the noise that was going on in this house. It was an absolute din. And I wanted to get out of there as quick as possible. So that was, I guess, your first suspicion that something was incorrect there. Yeah, um, West- yes, I, and I'd like to stress that I was suspicious. I couldn't work it out. And then, so what? You continued on your round uh, off from Westbourne Road, and that was that was all you saw that day. Yeah, I just carried on. I've been a uh, milkman for ten years now. I used to be in the army. I uh, got sacked from that, and so I thought, you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to be a lovely little milkman around the village. And uh, I just did, you know, stopped off on my route. I'm having an affair with a woman who lived just around the corner from Westbourne Park. And I did tell her. She said, you don't look right. And I walked her out to the balcony, pointed her to this family home and said, there's something not right down there. And she said, what's that bird in the, in the garden? I said, that's not a bird. That's a woman. She's green. And, you know, it was a wonderful view from my partner's balcony, has to be said. And uh, why were you sat from the army? Well, if it's between you and me, I didn't realise you couldn't take tanks out on your day off. I wanted to impress some of the local lads who I went to school with who thought I'd never come to anything. And so uh, I turned up in my uh, in my tank and uh, I hadn't learned to drive it properly yet. I caused absolute havoc. I uh, unfortunately burst and uh, broke into one of my mate's front rooms uh, where he was he was sat watching telly and uh, I tried to escape. I thought, well, you know what? If uh, no one ever catches me, then I can just deny it. Uh, I don't know if you remember the O.J. Simpson uh, chase down the motorway. Yeah. But uh, it was a bit like that, except I could only go at about 20 mile an hour. Uh, This tank was very, very slow. But it gave me a taste for milk floats, because I thought, well, you know what? I quite like this pace. It's quite quite leisurely. It's quite calming. Uh, How do I do this with the jingle jangle of milk bottles and not being chased uh, by the feds? So uh, that's why I thought after the army, you know what, I'm going to go into selling uh, uh, milk. Do your military skills come into use often when you're a milkman? Uh, 
yes, uh, they, they do, frequently. Um, a, a bloke uh, got angry with me the other day. He said that he changed his order online and that I'd got it wrong. He said he wanted six eggs and a pint of semi-skimmed and I was delivering him four pints of orange juice, a Kit Kat and um, eight gallons of full fat. Right, now, so quite a wrong order then. It was the wrong order, but I, through my army experience... Realised when you're wrong, never ever admit it. Is so it? I, I don't think I don't think that is military doctrine. <laughs> and I guess what? So what, while your military skills were, I guess, of some limited use in the milk rounds, I suppose they were coming more and more into their own as the town, uh, uh, sadly, appeared to be becoming overrun by zombies. Now you talked about the first day on Westbourne Road. When did you start realising the problem was getting out of hand? Well, you know, I am the milkman for the whole village. So about a month after I'd uh, seen the boy in the cage and the wife in the uh, in the cage, I delivered milk to the local school. Now the boy, little did I know, had uh, joined that school, and well, it used to be a lovely place. This kid had absolutely ruined the school. They were all in the playground. They were all green. As soon as I came and delivered the milk, they'd hear me because of the jingle jangle of the bottles. Uh, They would go absolutely insane. And uh, I'd have to, you know, it was was a very scary time. I'd have to, you know, tiptoe my way around, get to the assembly hall. Uh, The headmaster, he he was an odd-looking fella, this guy. He had one eye that was down by his mouth, the other eye was round the back of his head. Well, he'd been attacked by the kids and become a zombie himself, you thought? Well, apparently so. Apparently so. I said to him, look, you really got to sort out those kids out there. And he was, uh, he just kept trying to get me in his office. So the headmaster was trying to do what? Was trying to get your brains or something? Well, apparently, again, this is not something I knew. My, uh, the woman I'm having an affair with, uh, she told me they feed off brains. Now, I thought that was absolute, you know, that's stuff out of horror movies. So I said, absolutely wrong, not a chance. When I was in the headmaster's office, he asked me would I do his shoelace. Now, you know, I, I don't understand why he wanted me to do it. They, they were untied. Uh, you were worried that if you bent over to, to grab his shoelaces, that, well, basically this whole thing was a ruse that your head would be presented to him uh, easy to eat tight. Yes. So I thought, well, I am going to bend over, but I'm not going to go head first. I'm going to go, you know, quite frankly, arse first. So I uh, basically bent down in front of him, arse first, and tied his shoelaces. You basically tied his laces through your, through your own legs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I tied his laces through my... My own legs and I could tell he wasn't happy about that because you know I mean now I know he was trying to uh, crack my skull open and eat my brains but I'm I'm canny I'm I'm not I'm not as I'm not as stupid as he as he thought I was so I tied his laces through my legs he then dropped his pen and he went oh could you pick up my pen I thought this guy's winding me right so hang on a minute, it was just a series of elaborate ruses trying to get you to pick up objects so he could feast on your brains well he kept trying but I I kept saying, no, brother. So the pen, I kicked over to the other side of the room. I did bend down and pick it up, but I was nowhere near him. Uh, Then I said, look, i really got to go. And the problem was, that's when I then forgot 
and put the milk down. That's when he went for me. And you were able, presumably, to fight him off. Uh, he tore off uh, my scalp, but I managed to get it just as he was about to pull that off. So I flapped that back down. You did what, sorry? You, you see your scalp's on a sort of flap now. No, no, because I went back to the woman who I'm having an affair with, and she sewed it all back up. Although she only had um, yellow uh, cotton. So there is a yellow stitch around my head. And so, even though this headmaster was a zombie, he was reasonably mentally there to be able to sort of talk to you and get you to bend down. So the way these people became zombies, I guess, was quite varied in the reaction it had to them. Yeah, he was... Well, that's... He was a headmaster, don't forget. He's a very clever man. Right, I see, right. So so although a zombie does make you a bit more mindless, if you were quite clever to begin with, you, you didn't go fully uh, zombified. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's one bloke. I uh, used to go to school with him, and I used to see him in the local pub. Now, he became a zombie. He was sick of shit at school, and I can tell you now, if anything... Becoming a zombie improved it. You couldn't tell the difference. I walked past him, and he was going into the pub. And you pull the door to go in the pub, and he was pushing for about ten minutes. I want to sort of get on to then how you've managed to deal with this attack, I suppose, because zombies have been moving out from, what, Westbourne Road, taking over almost the entire village now. Well, this is the sad thing. This is why I'm very grateful that you've allowed me to call in. Uh, it, it all started with Westbourne Park, that small little incident in that house it then went to the school and as soon as i saw that the school had been infected i thought well that's it the village is gone and the village has gone um my fiance uh, i asked her to marry me uh she she is now a zombie um so when you say uh, fiance because you keep alluding to this woman that you're having an affair with that's a different yes. person no 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 but uh, I, I was having an affair with her, and then uh, about two weeks ago, I asked her to... Well, she asked me, would I marry her? And I thought, well, that's a lovely thing that she's asked me. But she said, uh, she said, no, I want you to ask me properly. Right, so I, I think I see where this is going. <laughs> so I thought, um, oh, well, you know, all right, I'll do the gentlemanly thing. I got on one knee, and, uh, well, a scuffle. Well, she knew my weak spot because she'd, uh, she'd sewed me up, you know? But uh, what I'd done is I dyed my hair yellow so she couldn't actually find the stitches. So uh, there was a scuffle. I realised she'd gone completely zombie. Uh, but I did say yes, because I, I really do think she's a wonderful woman. So you say everyone sort of become a zombie. Are you still doing your milk round then? Yes. Right. Yes. N- nothing will ever stop me doing my work. So, although I am serving a village of zombies, I believe in the health of our people. And so I am still delivering uh, milk, eggs, basically all dairy products. Yeah, I, I don't get into the weeds of what you deliver, but surely the zombies are just after, you know, brains. Are they happy with receiving milk and eggs? <laughs> well, this is the problem. This is the problem. Every... <laughs> Every week, I ask them to leave me a note what they want. And, I mean, I've got one here for you, uh, you know, just randomly. Number 24, Woodside Avenue. He wants uh, six eggs, six pints of milk, skimmed, uh, some unsalted butter, and all of my brains. <laughs> right, yeah. But he still wants the, the milk and the egg and the butter. Well, I said to him, I uh, knocked on his door... And I said, I can deliver you the butter, the eggs and the milk, but I can't give you my brains. And he, he got really annoyed about that, and so we agreed I'd give him 20% off uh, his order next week.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And so have you had to make any modifications to your milk flow? Because it sounds like you're in quite a tricky situation there with a lot of people, I guess, as you say, trying to go for your brains. Well, the problem with milk floats, as you're aware, is that they don't have doors. Yes. So I had to get doors fitted onto the milk float. Uh, I forgot to put locks on the door. So every time I left the milk float to deliver something, when I came back, there was always somebody sat in the other passenger seat. A zombie? Yeah. I quite like that because being a milkman is a solitary existence. So I didn't mind the company. It was only when they said, right, I need to eat your brains now, that I thought, I can't be doing with this. I'm afraid you're not the person I want on my round. And so I'd have to kick them out. So did you did you try any means of, um, of corolling them, of sort of try, trying to get them under control? Yeah, well, I thought, right, we need to have a talk about this because it's driving me mad. You know, I can't, I can't get on with my day being petrified that someone's going to come and peel my brains out. So I said, I'm going to sort out a meeting. I'm going to turn up in a brick box. I'm going to talk to you through a hole where there will be no brick. So the idea is you, you conduct a sort of village meeting, but to protect yourself and your brains, as you say, you've, put, you've, you've built yourself a brick box <laughs> with a hole. How did you construct this? Well, in situ, in the village hall. <laughs> so, I booked the room out. You book, booked the room out? It's just out of interest. What other events were there on? What might you have clashed with? Uh, well, I've got the uh, I've got the committee room bookings here. Yeah. Uh, I asked if I could have it 10am till 3pm. The meeting was at 4. They said, uh, we've got how to eat brains. Right. 10 till 11. Um... My cat's become a zombie. Can I eat their brains at 11.15? What do you mean, 11.15? So, okay, yeah, quarter of an hour break in between them. Well, they move slowly in and out of the committee room. Yeah, of course, of course they're zombies. Yeah, they don't move that fast. Also, some of them are thick as shit. Anyway, I, I booked it out, and I built a brick, kind of like, uh, almost like a kind of turret, you know, uh, with a little peephole. But basically a sort of a sort of chimney structure with a sort of porthole that you were able to talk to, but crucially they weren't able to get in at your precious brains. Uh, well, they were, because I didn't build the roof. They could get in over the top. Right, but how tall was it? It was really quite a high structure. Uh, well, I didn't have enough bricks, so I had to lie flat on the ground. Right, okay, so I sort of dent asked this, how many bricks high was it? Uh, about three. Right, so not so, not so much a tower as just a, a ring of bricks. <laughs> That I lied in, on my belly. Yeah, hoping that the, 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 the bricks piled free high would obscure you from the zombies. Yeah. Right. 
And, uh, you know, they walked in. And the thing is, again, I must stress this. Apart from, you know, maybe some of the top, top people in the village, most of the zombies are, they're pretty thick. So although I was lying there talking to them through the hole, they didn't realise, you know, they could get to me. They, they were kind of looking around like, gormless, like, you know, oh, God, why are we here? Like, <laughs> oh, God, you know, it's so boring, oh. Right, yeah. And I, I was talking to them through the hole, going, because I could get my lips through the hole, and I was saying, look, you know, let me live in peace. We've got to find a way of living together. I can't have you always getting me to do your shoelaces, uh, getting, you know, you keep trying to get my brains out. It's not happening. So leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. Now, that was the key. You leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. Right, and and how did the village hall full of mindless zombies take that? They uh, decided to completely tear down the brick structure, which, uh, you know, I didn't even make... I didn't even make any cement or anything. I just put them on top of one another. So that was very easy. Uh, They carried me out and I thought I I was a goner. And why why, why were they up in the air? They were just jostling between themselves to see who could get your brain. I thought, I've got seconds here. So as they were lifting me up, there's an organ in the committee room. And as I was just about to be uh, pulled through the door, I grabbed on top of the organ, ran up one of the pipes dived down one of the organ uh, pipes and I, I stayed there for, uh, you know, until they basically got bored, couldn't work out where I'd gone and uh, and they left. Right, OK, fair enough. Uh, so you eventually managed to escape the uh, yes. the village hall. And then, so what do you, what, what's going through your mind at this point? Are you thinking the village is a lost cause? Are you thinking of escaping the town? Or you, you think you're going to try and just make as good My as... My big worry was the cows. Because of the milk? Yes, my business relies on cows. And I thought, if the animals get zombified, then that really is game over for me. I went to my uh, farm, and I, uh, well, what I saw there devastated me. I was heartbroken. So pay the scene for us. So you, you, you make your way there in the, in the milk float, and you're just, what, a scene of devastation. I went down to my milk float. Uh, you know, my milk float is very slow now, very slow. Why has it become slower? Because the battery's running down? No, I had about 100 zombies hanging off the back of it. Sure. But they couldn't get to me because I had finally got locks for the door, so yeah. they couldn't get to me. So they were dragging me back, but I soon lost them one by one. And I, got, I went to my farm and all the cows, I've got about 40 cows, they were all um, lined up in a row facing me. Now, I've never seen cows do this. And what was your suspicions? Well, you know, at first I thought they knew Daddy was home and they were hungry. Daddy? <laughs> yeah, yes. You know, they like me and they can't wait to see me. And turns out... They'd become cow zombies. Well, I didn't realise animals could become zombies, but yes. Yes, it had spread to my farm. And how does it... And, and the same sort of general principle, that the cows no longer after grass are after human brains? Well, I didn't realise this. You know, uh, one, was, uh, one of the cows... Uh, basically, I went back to my desk and I saw a letter. And it was... Uh, I don't know who it was written by, but it was in the, it was in the name of the cows. And it said, uh, there's a patch of grass that isn't green. Blue! Can you come and have a look at it? Right. So I went into the uh, field and they were all looking at me and I thought, all right, just take it easy, girls. I went over and I... Uh, I've got my hands and knees, and I was like, right, where the hell is this brute anyway? Like that, they're at me. 
and cows yeah. are fast. This is the thing. When they want to be. When they want to be, exactly. So the, the cows were faster than the human zombies? Yes, yes. A very odd, it didn't seem to speed down the cows. So I thought, right, I'm in trouble here. But never, ever stand up to a cow. So I stayed on all fours and I ran away from them. On all fours? On all fours, yeah. Basically, I didn't know where I was going. I just kept going and going and I ran back into the village. On all fours, 40 cows running after me. And I had about 100 villagers at this point now coming towards me. I was in the, I was the front. a sandwich. It was an absolute yeah. nightmare. A pincer movement. They did. They did that to me. Well, but but not planned, because as you say, it's a, an attack of mindless, reanimated individuals. Mindless, reanimated individuals doing a improv pincer movement. Absolutely shocking. I was devastated. I was absolutely gutted. So you, gut, gutted. That, that's the emotion that was going through you, was it? Gutted. Yeah, I was so gutted. you've got behind you 40 zombie cows... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm be horrible. No, it sounds horrible. A hundred regular zombies in front of you, moving towards you, all after one thing: your brains. My brains. What do you do? Oh God, I'm gutted. So I thought. Now, like I said, the cows are moving still very, very fast. For some reason, their speed had not been uh, affected. They, they, they'd become almost like, I guess, w- what we would regard as fast zombies in sort of modern films nowadays. Fast zombies, yeah, but they were faster than usual. The cows were going about, I'd say, 90 miles an hour. 90 miles an hour? Yeah, the cows were going 90 miles an hour. But we were going down a road where you can only go 30 miles an hour. The cows, very law-abiding. You know, you tell a cow to go in a pen, they'll go. They, they just listen. They slowed down at 30 mile an hour. One of them noticed the speed camera, nudged the other one, went slow down. Right. <laughs> so even even stupefied by the zombification process, the cows are still keen to please. Yeah, they, they went, I could see in their eyes, they went, hang on, speed camera, slow down, 30 mile an hour. I went, fuck it, I'll take the fine. And I burst through the town. Now the zombies, the human zombies, I just, just you know, bang, straight through them. Some of them try and grab me. I'm like, no, no, no. And then some of them see the cows. Now the cows are coming towards them, uh, still at quite a lick, and they start trampling the zombies. Now there is absolute havoc. I burst through the town. My uh, fiance is leaving the town hall. I tell her, look, love, jump in the car. We, we gotta go. We got. She looks over. Cows trampling the town. It's a horrible sight. Horrible. We, we, we jump in the car. Now, my fiance, she's had enough. She, she, uh... So she, but she's still a zombie? Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, so I jump in the car and uh, I can't get the car going. And I'm just like, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Anyway, she goes, well, is there something wrong with the pedals? I'm like, I don't know. She says, have a look. <laughs> is there something wrong with the pedals? Right, yeah, have a look. Well, I did, I did. I reached down and she's at me then. She completely tears off my, my uh, <laughs> scalp. Yeah. Takes my brain out. Takes your brain out? Yes. Right. Sorry, sorry. But doesn't eat it. She says, I'm going to save this for when we get home. <laughs> I see, right. So she, she was keen to eat your brain, but also she'd like to savour it. Well, she had some veg that was on the turn that she wanted to use. Yep. So I I thought, hang on, as long as she doesn't eat my brain... As long as she doesn't, as long as she doesn't eat your brain, you should be fine. Exactly. So, and, and, and I, we, we need to sort of wrap this up. But are there any medical issues brought about by having your brain physically away from the top of your head? 
What is it? Is it just a bit of spine or brain stem? What, keeping it connected to your body? Yeah, there's, uh, I don't know what, uh, my spine. I guess it's my spinal cord. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's still, she's just pulled it far enough where it's still attached to me. So I can still drive. Right, well, that's handy. And she's cradling your brain, ready to get home and make use of this veg before it goes off. <laughs> yeah. So I tell her, look, you know, I'm thinking, how am I going to get that out of her hands? I tell her, look, let's drive home. So we burst through all the cows. Oh, yeah. And, um, we go home and you know I tell her you know I have to walk me up beside her you know I can't go running away yeah of course she's, she's, she's got your brain in her hands <laughs> yeah, yeah so I tell her look why don't you have go of a bath been a long day tired I'll go cook the brain for you so she goes yeah yeah I'm tired long day she goes upstairs I, I run her a bath yeah. Uh, there was a moment she dropped my brain in the water, but uh, right. Did that? Did, did you? Could you feel that? <laughs> yeah, I felt that. What did it feel like? Oh, fantastic! Really, actually, I'd recommend it. I mean, I wish I could have stayed there to be honest, but I thought, no. Right. Come on. So I said, look, there you go. <laughs> there's your, uh, there's your bath. Uh, just relax. Yeah. Chill, chill. I, uh, I went downstairs, and I, uh, I put on a pan of butter, uh, a bit of olive oil. And I thought, well, I've got to just do it a little bit so she can maybe smell it and think that I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're there with your brain in your own hands, barely connected to your body via a bit of spinal column, butter in a pan, hoping to what? <laughs> gently gently brown your brain a little bit to give the aroma... Exactly. ...that you, that you're, that you are actually cooking your brain. But, but you are actually cooking your brain. Gently brown it. Right. Just as long as you don't touch the frontal lobes, you understand? <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway. Right, so you're there browning your own brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lovely smell? Yeah, like, like lamb chops. So anyway, she I could tell, I could see the smoke going up to the bathroom and I'm like, yeah. She goes, oh, smells great. I'm like, yeah, can't wait. Anyway, I'm like, i got to get out of this. <laughs> have you? I can't have this. So um, anyway, I thought I'd put my brain in. Back in your head? Back in the head. Back in your head, yeah. And, uh... Did you did you regret covering it in butter and herbs? <laughs> I did. I did. Well, I say I did. I mean, I do. I, uh, I put my brain back in. Put my, I couldn't find my scalp annoyingly, so um, that's somewhere. But that's what I thought I'd sit down for a minute and uh, just call you. Oh, so this this happened just a moment ago. She she's in the bath now. Yeah. Right. And well, this is well, we've never actually had one of these happen or play out in in real time. Well, I mean, we're very near the end of the episode. And what's I, that? I, love I, of my life. What's she saying? Yeah, I'll be. Yes, yeah. I'm just on the phone. Right. Yeah, I'll be. So, I'll be up in... Yeah, up in a minute. Yeah, she... She all right? She's nearly finished her bath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just nearly finished her bath. And um, she said the water's getting a bit cold. So she's coming... Yeah, I, I don't really care so much about that. <laughs> I, I'm more sort of focused on on you, how you feel about how the rest of your life might play out, because it sounds like it could be very short. You know, I... Uh, I'm in trouble. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> Are you? Um, yeah. I think you your wife's upstairs, almost finished a bath. She's coming downstairs with the express purpose to eat your brain. Yeah, and for anyone listening who you know may be in the similar situation, wondering, yeah, <laughs> wondering whether whether you know it's good or bad, or if there's anyone out there also going through it, I do, I do have to tell you it's um. Yeah, you're in a bad situation. Yeah, if, any, if, if anyone was on the fence about that. I've always tried to be very optimistic. And, um, you know, over the last, say, uh, about hour, uh, ever since I got home and, and um, put, uh, ran, of, ran of the bath, 
I have thought to myself, maybe my time is up. I've, I've enjoyed my life. I enjoyed being in the army. I enjoyed being a milkman. Uh, the last couple of months have been uh, uh, bad. I'll say that, bad. But, um, you know, I think if she comes down the stairs in her dressing gown, looking lovely, uh, I might think, you know what, sod it. She can have it. Yes. And we had, I think we need to wrap up here, but that's your final thoughts, that if you are going to go out, at least with the people that you love. Well, I mean, yes, these, these literally might be my final thoughts because I can hear my little plum pudding running down the stairs. Moaning, moaning the word brains. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if this are my final... Ah, she's getting some cutlery. Wonderful. If uh, these are my final moments... Um, uh, yes, love my life. Yes, please, please. She's just tucking in a napkin into her dressing gown. If these are my fi- final moments, uh, it has been an absolute joy to speak to you. And if anyone's going to eat your brains out, it's better to be a loved one. Well, Colonel Milk, thank you very much for joining us. Well, that's what we've got time for. This episode was researched by John Kearns and edited by Matt Ewins. Sound effects were added by Ben Williams and the theme music was by Nikki Green. Follow our Twitter account, at Microscope Fun, for details of live gigs that might happen in the future. Next episode, we'll be talking about a military robot gone awry. But until then, remain vigilant and catch you next time on Microscope. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.